0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ministry Minded, a podcast that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray, of course, and this is episode number seven. On today's show, I'm really thrilled to be joined by Bill Brimer. Bill is the music pastor at Soul Thirst Church in the Colony, Texas. And throughout this discussion, we talk about many different things, including Lutheranism, the beauty of liturgy and the spiritual experience of really leading music. We also share our common distaste for the title of worship leader. Bill also shares the story behind his latest album, which you can find on his website. I loved this conversation. I love talking to Bill about grace and theology and music, and I think you will too. Today's show, as you know, is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Offering an optimal blend of accuracy and readability, the CSB helps readers to make a deeper connection with God's Word and inspires lifelong discipleship. The CSB is equally suited for serious study or sharing with your neighbor hearing God's Word for the very first time. Learn more at csbible.com. Now for Bill Brimer.
1: So I am a songwriter, musician, singer, guitar player, uh, pastor at a church called Soul Thirst Church in the Colony, Texas, which is just a small suburb in the greater Dallas Fort Worth area. It's all one big, huge metropolis, uh, Metroplex, what they call it. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I'm a pastor there at the church, uh, uh, I contribute to the Christ Hold Fast um, website with blogs, music, um, and I have a podcast uh, called God Geeks, um, and I am thrilled to be here, and, and thanks for inviting me on. I just have a new album that just, just came out uh, on July 1st, um, it's 10 songs free download available at my website, BillBrimer.com. See, I just got all that shameless plug in, and you didn't even have to ask me to do it.
0: <laughs> we'll be talking about that later, trust me. But um, that's, that's good. I, I, I've gotten to know you a little bit, and I just have really enjoyed talking the time we run into each other. And maybe uh, sort of speak to um, maybe just the conferences, because we've been at Christ Hold Fast together and Liberate. And just what, what maybe what was your favorite thing about Liberate two years ago?
1: actually to me the most uh powerful thing was the pastor's pre conference
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which which was kind of uh obviously not open to the quote unquote public but um i i just really i mean i i wept tears uh really um during that and i just i i heard some things and I couldn't even tell you now um, exactly what they were but there was a lot of grace and and um, comfort uh, a lot of gospel proclamation to you know a smaller crowd of of pastors that I just really needed to hear and I needed to hear um other men um, in ministry stand up and um be counted among us sinners, us guys that are um, who don't have it all together and far from it, um, who um, love our love our people, love our congregations. I, I, I wouldn't want to do anything else other than ministry. I just don't I can't even imagine doing anything else other than ministry. Um, but I don't think we realize how badly we need to hear the gospel. Um, as badly as badly as we need to preach it um and so you know as preachers of the gospel um, we're the ones who really really actually need to hear it and 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 if you're if you're a pastor or you're a preacher who really needs the gospel bad you'll probably be a pretty good gospel preacher because you'll be preaching what you need to hear and um you won't be alone yeah Uh, So, so that was powerful for me uh, at Liberate. Um, And, and it was, it was, you know, um, I'm an admirer of Tullian and his preaching style. And I know a lot of stuff has happened um, that is really none of my business because I'm not involved with either one of those uh, churches or anything down there in Florida. Um, But I know what, uh, I'm called to do as a fellow uh, believer in Christ, which is is to tell that man uh, that uh, I forgive him for whatever it's worth. I mean, he's I, he didn't sin against me and uh, and I love him and I've been blessed so blessed by what God has done through him that it was a great it was a great blessing to get to see him at liberate and watch him preach and listen to what he had to say. He preached on the two kinds of righteousness, and I thought, um, you know, what's interesting because I'm a Lutheran, and um, there's not much that I've ever heard Tully and Trevigian say that I that I didn't think was L- Lutheran. So <laughs> um, that that's pretty that's a pretty cool thing to to have experienced, um, and I and I pray that whatever God's plan is for him. Um, that he's at some point used as a weapon of the gospel again, because uh, I don't want um, Satan to win.
0: Mm, Yeah. Amen to all that, brother. Um, Let me, I'm going to have a question in my head, but I'm going to save it for a second. Now you were also uh, one of the worship leaders at Christ will fast in February. And just, man, how much fun was that?
1: man, it's great. It was, it was amazing. Um, it was really cool to just go in there with me and an acoustic guitar and, and all I did was sing hymns and is, is one of the coolest moments I think that I've, that I've had as a, a singer, um, with a guitar. Um, I had gone in for the sound check and I sang through, you know, one of the hymns that I was going to do to, for, they get the sound ready. And so I had a little bit of a feel for how that room would sound, you know. And then mm-hmm. <clears throat> the next morning when they you know it was time for me to sing, um I got in there and and of course it was completely filled with people. And I I think I sang All Creatures of Our God and King mm-hmm. first, maybe, um, or something like that. But when I started <clears throat> when I started singing you know, when you're when you're um, up on stage, you, you have the monitors that face you and <clears throat> and you can hear so you so that you can hear yourself. Um, and mm-hmm. my first thought when I started singing was, man, he's got some. I thought the sound guy had some stupid effect on my voice because all I could hear was like. I felt like it was like this huge echo, but then like, I realized it's all these people singing and, Mm. and it it was like this moment of, wow, like, uh, of, okay, this is going to be amazing. Um, because I knew I was going to do all hymns and I, and I just didn't know to the extent to which people would, would be singing along. And it was just like, it blew me away standing up there you know, looking out at 400 plus people in that room. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people were, were in there, but it seemed, I know it was over 400 probably people and it just sounded awesome to be, uh, yeah. hear them singing along and back. So it was beautiful, which made me just want to sing louder, which made them sing louder. and So it was great.
0: It was a fun experience. I'm being I can't imagine being, up there on stage looking at that, but being a part of it was hearing it, was yeah, hearing it
1: coming yeah. back at you is, is a little jarring at first <laughs> <laughs> when you're not expecting it.
0: Sure. I can only imagine. Now you said it um, just a minute ago that you, you know, you're of course Lutheran, which is, which I, man, I love my Lutheran brothers in Christ. And it's just been cool to get to know them over the course of over the last couple of years. And maybe you speak to that if you can, Um, you know, you're, Kind of what we talked about, um, you know, a couple of years ago is just the beauty and the significance of the liturgy, which as a Baptist, there's not much of. But have you always been in that denomination or and when did you come to come to faith, so to speak?
1: Um, actually, no, I, I became a Lutheran uh, when I was in high school. I was I was baptized as a baby in the Methodist church then grew up um, going to a Baptist church, um, and then eventually um, joined myself, uh, a, a Lutheran uh, church, mainly because that's where my friends were going, um, and so it made sense for me to go there, and when I went there, of course, I wanted to take communion, and they wouldn't let me take communion unless you know I joined, and understood what was going on. And so I went through adult um, catechism when I was um, adult confirmation when I was um, in high school. So I I wasn't raised in the Lutheran church. And then uh, I did not really understand or have a grasp for Lutheran theology until much later. Uh, And actually, As my journey through the seminary and digging into um, what all the confessions were really saying and what um, you know, Lutheranism actually is, I I absolutely fell in love with the theology of it um, because uh, it all fits together and makes sense together, and and that's really the only way I can say it other than. you know it's I, I think a lot of people hear about lutheranism they think about a distinction between law and gospel and they like that you know but really law and gospel is like dipping your toe in the water for for, for lutheranism because there is actually so much more that goes along with it and all of the theological um aspects of lutheranism fit together and they work together and and so it's interesting that that there is sort of a I don't know I don't know if I would call it an awakening but there's a there's a sort of a, a wave of people who are really they're into this law of gospel thing they're like man that's powerful stuff you're 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 saying some good things there and I'm like man that's just the tip of the iceberg there's so much more beauty to this theology that I actually think a lot of people would find a lot of common ground with um in and and if they were to to really delve into it which i'm sure you you probably investigated enough to know what it is but
0: oh yeah like to me it's been it's definitely been an awakening cuz I, I was never taught to read the bible with that sort of distinction in mind and so for me it really has been an awakening and so from from the outside of you know not always being i guess you could say used to that distinction There has been sort of like a resurgence to where it's just being talked about a lot more, which I think is beautiful. And I hope people keep going into into more and more in depth of of the beauty of that kind of theology, just because I think it it just has opened up a lot of doors and it's just opened up a lot of the Bible for me, especially. I can speak from personal testimony. Um,
1: And there's there's I think. um, You get a taste of the freedom. That is in that uh, in that simple distinction, and you want more of it, and um, <laughs> yeah, and it's there. It's in the scripture. All of it's scriptural. So um, yeah, I really love it, and I'd love I love to talk about any aspect of it. Um, so anything you want to talk about, I love talking theology, and I could talk all day <laughs> long. We can make ten podcasts. Let's and- do
0: it right now. I'll sign you up on a contract or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I we'll um, sign a long-term deal.
0: <laughs> but you're a busy man right now uh, because you are pastoring and you're touring and you're studying and you're husbanding. So uh, how are you balancing all this right now, brother?
1: Um, man, I you know, um, I mean, that's a good question. It's um, ministry to me doesn't seem like work. Hmm. Uh so because I've had other jobs, you know, that really seemed like work and I love so much of what I do that it's hard for me to say what is work and what's not. Um hmm. and I'm I'm blessed to be a part of a church that um I'm not the only pastor at. I uh, there's I'm, a, I'm an associate pastor. We have another pastor and we I think help each other to share you know we have our own kind of responsibilities and we rely on one another to do a lot and we expect and know that the other guy is gonna do his part excellently and so it just doesn't seem like work to me and and uh I get to I look at it like I get to um play music I get to write music I get to talk theology, I get to talk about Jesus. I get to preach the gospel uh, and administer the sacraments. And I see I see I see the Lord doing so much stuff that that for me um I, I I don't feel like it's a job. It's it really is. I can't believe I get paid to do it, honestly. And I don't make a ton of money, but I'm I'm happy with what I make. Um and I'm blessed to have an income from ministry. Um, I don't know if that answers your question on balancing things, because if I ever tried to balance things, I'd have to figure out what was work and what was life. And it just seems like life and work are all one blessed vocation for me. And um, I, I, I obviously try to keep a pulse on my family I get to I get to spend quite a bit of time with uh, my family my wife is a full-time nurse but she works three days a week uh, long shifts and so she's off for four and um, my son of course he's in school but right now it's summertime so I'm getting to see him Um, and he's got lots of we have lots of family around where we are so there's a lot there's a there's a whole network of what the lord's up to in my life that doesn't that doesn't seem to pull me too far in one direction if that makes sense.
0: That's good to hear. I like hearing that. Especially that's just good to hear. I I I appreciate that. But how long have you been
1: serving at Soul Thirst? So we're a church plant. So um we first worshiped 5 years ago on a Saturday oh. night. So we planted oh, awesome. uh, we planted five years ago, and um, it's been one miracle after another. And um, we're probably at oh uh, the number of fam. We have over a hundred families now. Um, so wow, um, probably two hundred and fifty people um, <clears throat> with kids and adults and everything. Uh, over a hundred families um, from from two from my family and um pastor patrick's family um so um we've just seen so much happen it's unbelievable i couldn't even i couldn't even chronicle it for you um the, the <laughs> amount of miracles that we've seen uh to, to financial miracles to um heal actual uh people being healed to i mean uh we we actually saw jesus cast out a demon in africa Um, so, so it's been book of acts, man. I'm telling you, like, like I read the book of acts and I'm like, this stuff is real and it's not over. Like it's still happened. Jesus is, he's alive and he's still Mm -hmm. healing and he's still casting out darkness and he's still preaching the gospel and he's still raising the dead. Um, and, and don't think anything else but that. Um, so I, 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 get excited thinking about what he's going to do in the next five years because I've seen him do so much in, in these five years. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want to encourage ministry all, all minded, people out there a
0: podcast you, that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that about meets ministry, us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Brad Gray, of uh, course, and too. this is episode number uh, seven. Jesus On is is today's show, I'm really and thrilled to be joined by British. Bill Brimer. Bill is the The music pastor at Soul Thirst Church in the Colony, Texas. Uh, And throughout this discussion, we talk about many different things, including Lutheranism, the beauty of liturgy, and the spiritual experience of really uh, leading uh, music. We also share our common distaste uh, for the title of worship leader. No, Bill also shares the story behind his new newest album with up and, the know, artist, maybe what our own community is doing and maybe if Bill we're seeing stuff also happen, shares and discouraged thinking that Bill also you know, shares the story behind his latest really, album, which you can find on his website. Like that, I loved this conversation, really I love that, talking Jesus to Bill about grace and theology and music, and I think you will shorten today 's show, as you know, is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible offering an optimal blend of accuracy readability, like the CSB helps well, readers to make a deeper is, connection with God's, God's Word Lutheran and inspires theology, a lifelong uh, discipleship. The CSB is equally suited for uh, serious study or sharing with your neighbor hearing God's, God's Word for the very first uh, time. What we Learn more is, at csbible.com. A act of God, a now
1: gift of God. for Bill Brimer. And now us and us a quick
0: break for a word from my partners in ministry, Dead Men.
1: Hearing gospel and the word of God now back to Bill uh, and And thanks again to Bill for taking the time to come on the show today Um, be sure to follow him on Twitter and stay up to date with his
0: music at billbrimer.com you can find all those links in the show notes and And that's uh, it for today's episode of Ministry Minded um, thanks so much for staying with me and for listening if you like what you just heard and would like to hear more episodes like this be sure and follow the show on Twitter you can also subscribe in iTunes and you can also follow along on Sound cloud and if you really like what King you just heard you can do me a really good favor to, and leave me a short uh, review or a comment that'll go a long I mean, way for me to continue big. making shows he's like this good. happen he's, thanks again to csb uh, for sponsoring this show and thank and you as always for listening um, and commenting and, and subscribing i'll see you dreams, on the next episode uh, blessings uh, um,
1: in his ability and in his work that we're not even seeing him do but he's but he's up to doing all the time and and you don't have to grow the church. You don't have to save souls. You don't have to do any of these things cuz you're not capable of doing those things. It's Christ who does those things. And it's Christ who causes his gospel to be preached and people to come to faith and that reality is what helps me sleep at night. Like if like my first months in ministry I was so in church planting. I was so overwhelmed about the idea of running out of money, people not coming. You know, all the, all all my thoughts and, and prayers were wrapped up in, you know, what are you going to do, Lord? How how are you going to do this and, you know, are you going to grow grow this church and if you don't, you know, it's, you know, how what's going to happen and all these concerns and worries and and it it was the theology, the reminder of this reality of uh ancient christianity these men paul and peter and these guys who were who were used by god to plant and 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 spread the gospel they knew that they were incapable of of doing anything without the the power of the power and the causation of the holy spirit to make it happen i mean paul even talks about in chapter 16 they, or Luke talks about how they kept trying to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit kept them from going and preaching the gospel there. The Holy Spirit kept them from preaching the gospel. And, <laughs> and, and, and until a man from Macedonia appeared to him in a dream and then they concluded that's where the Spirit was calling them. So it wasn't that God didn't have a plan for Asia. It wasn't that um, they were doing anything wrong. The Holy Spirit himself has a different plan for Asia. That's not what we have carved out for you, Luke and Paul and your companions. I'm going to blow the wind this way for you, you know, and I'm going to cause this to happen through you, you know. People don't get healed, people don't get delivered from um darkness. People don't get raised from the dead unless God does it. It's it's that's the reality of the thing. And so that's why ministry it needs to be and should be um, refreshing and beautiful for, for us to be in, because we're actually we've got the, we've got the front row seat for the greatest show in the cosmos. and that's watching <laughs> the King of Kings do amazing things. And it's happening. Um, so uh, if if, we, if he will allow us to see it and open our eyes and our ears, to what's going on. um, The fact that we even believe is a supernatural act of God.
0: Amen to that. Preach it. I mean, I
1: can, I can talk about this stuff all night long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. No, I love hearing it, but it also, I think that point, it it also frees you as a pastor because if, you know, the results aren't up to you, then it puts that, it takes that pressure off, which is just a freeing thing for a minister because, Then you're not worried about numbers and you're not worried about stats and, you know, decision cards or whatever you're, you know, whatever you're talking about, because the results aren't up to you. You're just called to preach and that's it. So, I mean,
1: yeah, give people Christ, give people Christ. I can tell you, I can tell you, Brad, I can tell you and I can tell anyone who wants to hear it and is capable of hearing it that. The, the finished work of Christ is yours. You are righteous in him because of his person and his work. Uh, your sins are, are forgiven in him, and he's coming again. So the end of the good news is not that your sins are forgiven. I mean, a lot of times, it, it's it's a beautiful truth. We, we, we hear law gospel, and we go, well, the law shows you your sin, and the gospel shows you your Savior those those things are true but they're 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 inadequate they're incomplete answers because the law doesn't just show you your sin the law shows you what righteousness is the law mm-hmm. describes to you what the kingdom of god looks like the law describes to you the character of god there is a place and there is a king where there is no other gods before him there is no murder there is no adultery there is no theft this is a reality, okay? And that law describes it. It doesn't deliver it, it describes it. The gospel says Christ has done all of that and given it to you. And it's yours. Mm-hmm. He says, Fear not, do not be afraid. You know, I have do not be afraid, I have overcome the world, and I'm coming again. So so we church workers, if we're not hearing that given to us. How can we give it to anybody else? Mm. you know so so be freed by the gospel, and you will see the gospel free those around you when when the the king of freedom is poured into you, the kingdom of freedom will pour out of you, and there's no other way that that happens so uh, That's good stuff. yeah i mean it it's 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 not just i mean this is what we talk about on God geeks. Not to change the subject to that, but this is what we say on God Geeks. Theology is reality, okay? It's not not a philosophy. It's not uh, among the philosophies of what things might be. Theology, the word, theo, God, logia, language or word, God formed all things by speaking language. He used language to create all things, and he uses language to create faith in your heart and to save you from from yourself. So, theology is not just some um, philosophy that we can uh, debate about and talk about. It's actually very practical for our um, framework of meaning, the way that we see all things, uh, and it's very freeing in its in its purity when you when you hear. The theology of the actual bible it's amazing in what it's saying, and it 's absolutely radical and crazy compared to anything else that that's out there um it can't even it can't even be compared to other world religions because it's not it doesn't even it doesn't, makes no sense when compared to the other ones uh because it's so radically different in every way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And we could talk a lot about that, um, um, maybe for another time. Um,
1: in our 10-part series.
0: Exactly. Um, so as, for lack of a better word, for as the worship pastor of Soul Thirst, sort of describe your process in, you know, coming up with what they call like a set list or whatever for each particular worship service and what kind of role— does you know your law gospel thinking come into that? Because does it change at all, or does it, or kind of? I mean, how, how does that work for you?
1: Okay, yeah. So I, I, I mean, um, this is not uh, me being the word police, but I, I don't prefer the term worship leader or worship pastor. Um, no, nor do I. So don't worry uh, about that. Yeah. But I understand that that's but that people under, know what that means. Um yeah. <laughs> I, I I would prefer like music leader or you know, you know, in my case I'm an associate pastor, ordained pastor, and I also do the music. Um, but I that's neither here nor there. Um the process at which how I choose songs, um I I like old hymns. Um mm so I like to take hymns and, um, interpret them sometimes through, um, we, you know, I, I play the guitar. We have a full band. We have the whole, you know, band that, um, that traditionalists, um, get really angry about. Um, but it's, it's interesting that traditionalists would, would get angry about, um, drums and guitar and, think that you ought to have an organ but this is a side note but but uh because the the instruments in the bible were drums and cymbals and king david probably played a lute which is a guitar you know um so we're not really doing anything um unbiblical or drastically different than what they did um it's it's, at least as far as instrumentation um obviously there's electricity and all that other stuff but now I'm now I'm on a tangent. The way that I choose songs is kind of two simple things. What are they saying? Um what what do the words say? And does it fit in our um can can we do the song well as a as instruments and, and singing? And can the congregation, you know, is the congregate what's the congregation going to hear sung? What are they going to sing being sung? And um can can we do it in a way that's um right for our context um if there are songs other than hymns that are like modern worship songs for instance um we may do some of those songs uh but i i i just try to pay special attention to what the words are saying and if there are any words in there that i don't feel like are consistent with what we believe. I either won't do the song or I'll change the words to the song to uh, like to make it reflect our beliefs in what we do. And and actually, uh, that's, that's historically in the church has happened a lot. Um, there's a lot of hymns that um, Baptists sing and that Methodists sing and Lutherans sing that are all the same melody, but they all have their own words to it. And so this this yeah. is pretty common in in church circles for that to happen. And so um I, I I approach it that way, um because of the way that we view what's actually happening in worship.
0: Sure. That makes sense. And I think it's funny too, um, to you know, get on another tangent is if you look at, you know, sort of the origins of our tunes in a hymn book or whatever, some of them are originate from, you know like bars and saloons and stuff like that. So it's just funny to, to when people get all up in arms about a certain song or whatever, And you never know. It may come into the church one day and be retooled as a worship song. So don't get all up in arms about yeah. it too quick.
1: Yeah. It's God. <laughs> God's a, God's a songwriter. This is what's interesting. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he actually in the old Testament, you know, some of the oldest texts in the old Testament are his, a songs that he wrote and not just songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like there's parts of the narrative where it's like God wrote and sang this song. It's like, wow, you know, imagine how that sounded. Um,
0: <laughs> so yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, reimagining old songs in a different context. I think it's a beautiful thing. I-, I also think there's anything wrong with like, I wouldn't even care. Like I don't really write church music, but if somebody took one of my songs and wanted to play it in their, in their church, their congregation, they were like, well, we're going to change these words because we don't agree with what he's saying right here. I'd be like, you know what? Um, you're probably wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a little, I was a little too Lutheran of me to talk
0: about. <laughs> um, so uh, let me ask you this question though. What was your, first position in ministry and well i'll let you answer that and i'll ask you a follow-up question after that
1: yeah this so um this i'm a second career ministry guy um so Mm -hmm. i've only i've i have uh, a whopping five years in ministry um and that's Mm -hmm. in this church plant context um so this is this is uh i pray you know the lord can do what he wants but i pray this is my final position in ministry but um this 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 calling to this congregation and to the things that the Lord has me doing, um, ha- has, has been my one and only calling, um, to, to ministry. Now my, my, there's a lot broader things that have happened. Um, like I've started to, uh, help. I'd say I, I was the founder of a Africa water well ministry. Um, I've been on, um, involved in other international mission things before in my life. I was also a head elder at a church and all these other things. So it wasn't like there's no background in all these things. So, I mean, if you add in all those things, I mean, I'm probably 15 years in ministry, but as far as a um, full-time position and a vocation all wrapped into one. It's, it's this plant, this five year church plant that we're in, soul thirst.
0: So you're learning as you go, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And, and God's teaching <laughs> as I go. Yeah, so well, I've got a good teacher.
0: <laughs> yeah. So on your short time in, so, so what people like to call full-time ministry, what what would you say are, are some of the areas you've seen yourself grow or maybe change as a teacher and a pastor and a musician, and I mean, I can look at my at myself, and it seems like I'm I, I'm I, I've changed a lot and grown and developed in a lot of different areas, and I, it's really cool to see how how God works on you and through different circumstances and brings people into your life and out of your life and brings new thoughts and and, and new ideas that help you develop and grow as a communicator so uh, what would you say is one of the biggest areas for you
1: well i would say what you just mentioned right there is one of the biggest areas is is growing as a communicator and i think um you know i as far as my my life experience i you know i've played music and spoken and sang and played you know in front of you know thousands of people in original bands in my twenties and all this other stuff. So stage fright, I, I I was kind of past that sort of nervousness, but my confidence in theology and, and what, what it is that needed to be preached, um, was a lot lower when I first began. And I think that that hindered my ability to communicate, um, Effectively, um, and I think growing comfortable in my own skin and um, understanding what it is that the scriptures are saying um, fit nicely with experience of, of communicating in front of people, and gave me the confidence to know, um, hey, you know, and 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 having guys having seminary professors and and as friends and being able to ask, you know, having mentors and and all these things are are a huge part of that, that give you that confidence when you're having discussions with them and you're asking them questions. And these are, you know, the guys with doctorates and, and, and they're saying, listen, you, you know, your stuff, you're, you're, you know, you're good. You know, you don't, you don't, you should be as confident as can be. And, And you hear those kinds of things and you're like, okay. Yeah. And, and just having that encouragement, is a huge benefit um, in that area I think um, I've grown in every aspect of ministry I would like to see myself um, get better or feel more comfortable um, working with youth uh, I mean I, I, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm uncomfortable doing it <clears throat> I just don't think that's my wheelhouse. And I have a lot to learn in that area. I've learned a lot about how to teach and how to um, communicate and present things um, to adults. And I really like hanging out with youth and with uh, the, the young kids. But you know, you can't do it all. You you have to bring people in that are better than you. And so those those would be my areas that I need to grow in more. But I I mean I've it's not something I. It's a good question because it's not something I typically think about. But, um, yeah, I think I've grown a lot and I've grown a, lo- a lot longer of a beard for sure. It's gotten great. <laughs> it's starting to get
0: great. Yeah. Um, now, did you always know you were going to do something in music? Was that always always the sort of plan or goal, so to speak?
1: Uh, well, I think I think I kind of did. I mean, I I got my first guitar when I was 12 years old and <clears throat> took lessons, and um, you know that was 30 years ago. Uh, that aged me right there. I'm an old man, forty forty something years old, 43 years old, and and uh, I got my first guitar when I was 12 years old and learned. Um, I don't know some some rock song that I wanted to hear, you know, learn how to play, but, but was writing. Um, I actually wrote my first song within, which was uh, horrible. So (laughs) the first song, you know, my, your first 200 songs are terrible, but, but, uh, (laughs) my first song almost right away began writing. So I think uh, music has always been a, uh, canvas and an, an, to be creative for me. That's how I, that's what I really love about it. Um, And so um, it's been a part of my life for a very long time. And some of my earliest memories are of songs. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love music and I I think, I think I actually kind of take it for granted. What, what an incredible (laughs) thing it is.
0: Well, I always love talking to, you know, that terrible term, worship pastors, but about, music and ministry just because I think music is is such a powerful way to communicate gospel truths, especially in, you know, like a setting like Christ Hold Fast or just any sort of any church service. And it, it is such a, uh, just being able to experience it. I can, and I'm not super musically inclined, but I know about music enough to know that a lot of things are happening all at once. And it is just such a beautiful thing to see that. And then when it has the message of the gospel behind it, it's just, man, it's just a beautiful thing to see and be a part of.
1: You, you sure said something there. I mean, it, it, and you really get, if you really want to get weird about it, um, which I'm pretty weird, so I don't mind getting weird about it. Music is time art. It, it occupies a place in time and then it's gone right it, it actually it's art that takes place within time you can't even hear a song without the canvas of time so so there's a lot um built into creation itself sound waves and the way that certain notes fit together to make a chord that sounds good together and e- even even the untrained ear can hear a chord that's wrong, you know, that's a a bad note, you know, it sounds bad to everyone, you know? Um, And, and so there's, there's something in our DNA, you know, that like it's one of those things where you go, it's, it's so kind of creepy, cool and weird music that it's, it's almost like it's the best proof that we weren't apes at one time, you know, or that we weren't, (laughs) there there weren't other kind of some other kind of animal because it's like there 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 there's something there with music that's like i don't know it's like i said god's a songwriter there's something about it that um has a sacredness to it so yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 freaky weird and it's a beautiful gift and there is something um that a song can do that um sometimes preaching can't you know um mm-hmm. obviously involving the word um song can sometimes do something that that um the spoken word can't do um and yeah. i don't know how to explain it but it you're right it's supernatural cool
0: well then that leads me to to this question then cuz you talked about it earlier and. And your newest album, uh, Bill Brimer and the Skybirds, I was a healthy downloader of that, and I've listened to it a couple times. And uh, I really in, enjoy the new record, and congratulations on that and getting that out there. Um, and if our listeners aren't familiar with that, if you can, just kind of summarize sort of the the heart and the soul behind this album.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. It means a lot I uh, appreciate the encouragement on the music um this album is the easiest way I could say it is it's it's a bunch of it's it is songs that tell stories and mm-hmm. and it's it's not like I didn't set out to say i want to fill a void in the world where, where to tell stories and songs but these songs. If you like songs that, that actually tell stories in them, maybe that like I feel like one of the things that, that may be kind of missing in gospel music and in, in what what people call Christian music, you know, all those songs can't be believe in Jesus, so they're not really Christian, but <laughs> you don't hear a lot of Christian songwriters or singers nowadays telling stories with their songs you hear a lot of um, what I would consider and this is not a bad thing it's just the predominant thing is consumer related you know we want to hear something that we can sing in church you know and it and so you have two poles of you have the traditional hymns. And some of those tell songs, but most of them don't really tell song tell stories. I mean, most of them don't really tell stories. And you have a like almost almost all modern, you know, what what's called praise music or worship music is not story related at all. And then you look at the Bible, and you go, man, this thing is one big long story, and the characters in this story who are are real people are telling stories and and jesus told stories and he used stories and it's like the story a story is so powerful it's like we're it's it's as powerful as a song itself you know music is a powerful thing it can move you emotionally but so can a story because they're dynamic and so Mm -hmm. um I just really love songs, as you can probably tell, that tell a story, and and that's what these songs to me are. Um, every single one of them has a, a story and tells a story. Um, and so, if that's intriguing at all to you, or you're into that kind of a thing, I think I think you'll appreciate, you know, where this thing is coming from. Um, does that make sense?
0: No, it does. I I definitely agree with you, just because a lot of our songs are, you know, either, you know, personally related or they're doxologically related, but not many of them tell stories like, you know, like a good old folk song or something like that. They're not really driven with that sort of mindset. They're more driven, hey, let's get this and all the... Yeah,
1: and I think the the reason why is because um, most songwriters see a Christian songwriters see a market for songs to be sung by congregations in a church and so Mm -hmm. they write songs for congregations to sing in a church and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all it's a beautiful thing to do but but there is a void in gospel music of storytelling is the only thing and and you know, that doesn't mean people need to try to write more story songs. It just, it's just the reality of, of where we are. And so mm-hmm. hopefully that's one thing that makes this different, you know, uh, yeah. than, than what, what you normally get. And different is not always better or good. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of it's funny because I've got I've got uh, friends that uh, heard it and they're really into country music and they heard it and they're like, man, it's a punk album. And then I've got friends that are really into punk, and they're like, "It's a country album," you know. And I've got friends that are Christian, and they're like, "It, it, it's not Christian enough." There's like, there's not a lot of Christianity in it. And then I've got other friends that are not Christian at all, and they're like, "Dude, it's a Christian album," you know. So uh, I was joking earlier uh, with the Christ Told Fast guys that I'm an equal opportunity offender on this album. So
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, it, it touches on a lot of genres, and I, I just, for me personally, I appreciate that it's not overtly Christian, but there's a palpable, you know, sort of grace to it all in each song, and and I, pre- me, I consider it kind of folky and country, and I'm not a folk or country guy, so yeah. maybe that's why I do it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're, join the club. People... Yeah. People say they like it, and they're like, "I'm not really into this style of music, but I like this," you know. And I'm like, "Hey, then maybe that's good, because I, <laughs> I don't even know what kind of style of music. I, I mean, I think there's some, like, I would call it roots rock, you know. I would call it like, because sure. like, there's there is country in there, there is obviously rock in there, there is um, folk definitely in there. I hear all those things in there, and I, and I think it's beautiful that I'm 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 really enjoying." Um, the feedback on it has been beautiful and wonderful, and I, I just really appreciate it. I appreciate you saying such nice, nice things about it, and I do hope it blesses you. And I hope, I hope people are blessed by it. It's free, so it's hard to complain about something that's free. I mean, we we find a way. But uh, <laughs> you know, if you want, you want the songs, you can have them. You can copy them and give them to as many people as you want. Uh, uh, but uh, and he, and you but don't yeah, have to funny. like. It. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep if people don't like it. So uh, I'm just, I'm just, I've I've been working on this particular album so long and I'm just glad it's out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Remind our listeners again, where they can get it if they're interested.
1: Okay. So you can get it on my website, billbrimer.com, but it's also on, it's also free. So it's, it's free on my website. It's free on CD baby. Uh, they're giving it away for free, um, but it's on itunes and spotify and all the it's worldwide digitally distributed but a lot of those sites charge even if you give your songs away they still charge for them because they want money and um, that's how they are and so you can buy it anywhere um but there's places to get it for free too
0: well that's awesome i'll be definitely listening to a lot more and as I begin, began saying at the beginning that, um, ministry, uh, the majesty's men is sort of a ministry and a collective of just young guys that love Jesus and want to help other young guys love Jesus. And, and so if, if you were given, you know, an audience of men, young men, maybe your peers and you had one thing to tell them, um, what would that one thing be?
1: Well, I think I would tell them what Martin Luther, um, says in his treatment of uh the Sermon on the Mount, um chapter five, verse one, where Jesus walks up, stands on the mountainside, opens his mouth, and began to preach. And what Luther says is, You young man, you pastor, listen to what your Lord and Savior has done here. He has taken his place, he's opened his mouth, He speaks the truth and he fears no man. So you take your place, open your mouth, speak the truth and fear no man.
0: Mm. That's good stuff, brother. That's good stuff. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you making the time available and, I really enjoyed talking with you and I'm almost a hundred percent positive that you're going to be on again. So thank <laughs> Anytime you. For Brad,
1: hey, I, I, I genuinely appreciate it, man. Anytime you want, uh, you want to chat, talk, uh, uh, podcast, whatever, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. You need anything.
0: Well, thanks brother. And you have a great night. You <laughs> too. And thanks again to Bill for taking the time to come on the show today. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and stay up to date with his music at BillBrimer.com. You can find all those links in the show notes. And that's it for today's episode of Ministry Minded. Thanks so much for staying with me and for listening. If you like what you just heard and would like to hear more episodes like this, be sure and follow the show on Twitter. You can also subscribe in iTunes, and you can also follow along on SoundCloud. And if you really like what you just heard, you can do me a really good favor and leave me a short review or a comment. That'll go a long way for me to continue making shows like this happen. Thanks again to CSB for sponsoring the show, and thank you, as always, for listening and commenting commenting, and subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings.